No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the psalmist remembers the Lord's deliverance in the past. But now, God has cast them off and shamed them before their enemies. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. It has been said that God's past faithfulness demands our present trust. But we must first know what his past faithfulness was. We come now to Psalm 44, and the title of it is, To the Chief Musician, A Contemplation of the Sons of Korah. So it is possible that perhaps one of the sons of Korah wrote this psalm. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us, the deeds you did in their days, in days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand. But them you planted, you afflicted the peoples and cast them out, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. So it begins by saying, we have heard with our ears what our fathers have told us. You see, this was so much a part of the history of Israel, how they would carry these stories of what God had done for them from one generation to the next. And of course, Moses told them that they were to do that, that they were to tell the things that God had done, how God had delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt with an outstretched arm and mighty hand and how he had brought them to Mount Sinai and given them the covenant and done so many miracles for Israel to bring them into the promised land. And so he's saying, look, we've heard with our ears these amazing stories of what you did in the days of old. And, you know, God is always working in every generation. We need to remember that and we need to ask him to show us how he is working in our own days. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, It is delightful to see the footprints of the Lord on the sea of changing events, to behold him riding on the whirlwind of war, pestilence, that's the biblical word for pandemic, and famine, and above all to see his unchanging care for his chosen people. So God is using all of the situations, the circumstances in the world today. He's sovereign. He's still working. But it is amazing that through it all, he continues to care for his chosen people. Now, he said, you drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. And so he's speaking here of how God went before them at says in the Bible that he would send a hornet before them into the land of Canaan to drive out the ten nations there. These were ungodly nations that did despicable practices, wickedness like, well, it's unspeakable really how wicked their practices were. But it was God who was driving out these nations to give the land of Canaan as an eternal inheritance to his people Israel. Now, God driving out the ungodly nations of Canaan is analogous to God driving out the ungodliness in each of our hearts. He has a promised land of milk and honey 
for each of us, a life in the Spirit. But it first means driving out the evil in our hearts with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He said you planted your people there. Now, God plants us where he has us. Think about where God has planted you. As Mordecai told his younger cousin Esther, how do you know that God has not brought you here for such a time as this? If God has planted you in your church, your neighborhood, or on your job, if he's planted us here and now, then he will make your way prosperous and influential if you trust in him and do his will. Commit your way to the Lord and he will do it. And then the psalmist says, they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. No, it was by your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. And that's important for us to remember. It is God that does the work he saves as we trust in him and keep his word. Verse four, you are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you, we will push down our enemies. Through your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me, that you have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. In God, we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Selah. So he says, you are my king. I love that. You see, we must each choose who or what we will serve. We will all have a God, either a thing or a person. But a person's God is that master passion that rules their life. So what is your God? Who is your king? You won't find anyone that compares to God of the Bible and his king, Jesus Christ. Now he said, you have pushed down our enemies. We trampled those who rose up against us. Uh, you have saved us from our enemies. And you know, it is God who makes us victors. He enables us to overcome our enemy, the devil. In Romans 8, 37, Paul tells us that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And the Bible says that God will soon crush Satan beneath your feet. So you might think that he's got the upper hand right now. In some ways, it seems like he does. But in the end, he's going to get what's coming to him. And God will allow us to fight his battles and to be the victors. Now, he also said, in God, we boast all day long. It's important when God does give you the victory that you don't boast in yourself. You don't think it's because of your great power. And they said, look, we know we didn't defeat these Canaanites because, say, Joshua was this amazing strategic military leader. No, it wasn't because of that. It was because God went before them and God delivered the enemy into their hand. And so it was important that we boast in the Lord for what God has done. Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Now the reason we don't delight and boast in these other things, in wisdom, in our own might, or our own riches, is because all of those things are going to pass away when we die. 
But when we boast in the Lord, well, then we are boasting in that which is eternal and the Lord who gives us eternal life. But you have cast us off and put us to shame and you do not go out with our armies. You make us turn back from the enemy and those who hate us have taken spoil for themselves. You have given us up like sheep intended for food and have scattered us among the nations. You sell your people for next to nothing and are not enriched by selling them. Now, obviously, this psalm was written in the wake of a defeat. So oftentimes the children of Israel were able to defeat their enemies, but they also had defeats and they had casualties. And this was a battle that they had lost in some way. They came back defeated. And so it felt to them that God had cast them off. The reality of it is God would never cast off his people. He says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. But how do you make sense of that? Well, the thing is, is that you just have to pray and you have to just say, okay, Lord, what's wrong here? You know, why did we get defeated here? Is there something that you're teaching us? Are you trying to redirect us? Is there sin in the camp? Uh, what's going on? And, and that's when we need to spend time you know, seeking the Lord's face and asking him. Sometimes it's just a trial we're going through and he wants us to persevere, but uh, we won't know that unless we spend time asking him. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to those all around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a shaking of the head among the peoples. My dishonor is continually before me. And the shame of my face has covered me because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles because of the enemy and the avenger. Now, it's just a bummer to have to listen to the enemy ridiculing you, boasting over you. You know, it's like the football team that's just got wiped out. And as they're walking off the field, you know, the opposing team is just rubbing their noses in it. You know, that's just miserable. Nobody likes having to go through that. And that was what they felt like here is that the enemy was reviling them. They were a reproach and nobody likes that. All this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you, nor have we dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. But you have severely broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. Now, this is a really good reason to always maintain your integrity and your trust in the Lord. You see, because when things do go amiss, when you do go through defeat, when you do go through trials, and you will, uh, then you can point back to the fact that you haven't forsaken the Lord. You haven't forgotten him. You've kept his word. You've done what he said. You didn't turn back. You kept to his way, you know, and all of that is a way that you are able to just go through those kind of times and know that your conscience is right before God. That's one of the reasons you want to maintain a good conscience. If we had forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a foreign God would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. God knows every reason why you do what you do, not just what you say and do, but why you say and why you do it. Yet for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Paul actually quoted this verse, verse 22, in Romans eight thirty six. 
to prove that nothing can separate us from the love of God, even if we are killed all day long, even if, you know, we are persecuted or perhaps even should die a martyr's death, then God is going to ultimately use it for good. And it's not going to separate us from the love of God. And if it does end our life, well, guess what? We end up in the loving arms of our Savior in heaven. Verse 23, Awake! Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise! Do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our body clings to the ground. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. It seems sometimes that God is sleeping, but of course he's not. Psalm 121.4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. But the psalmist says, Arise, O Lord, for our help. And redeem us for your mercy's sake. You know, who do you cry out to when things really do go rotten? Do you cry out to the Lord? Do you realize that you are his people and you can cry out to him knowing that he is merciful? If God did it before, he will do it again. And the reason we study the word of God and the reason we rehearse these stories of old is so that we might be reminded that the same God who delivered his people in the past is here today with us now, and he will help us. He will redeem us from our sins and from everything the enemy can hurl at us, if only we will trust in him completely and keep his ways. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalm 45, which is messianic, extolling the strength of glory, righteousness, and beauty of the King, and the beauty, glory, and honor of His Bride. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.